Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode number 52 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I am here as always to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get you out in the trails, keep you stoked and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. Getting you out from behind those phones, those computers, getting you on the trail, getting you out in nature. That's why I'm here, to hopefully get you pushing the pedals. So thanks for being here, folks. It is great to have you on board. It is great to be in your earballs. And um, I do appreciate you listening to the show. If you're a first-time listener, you will find this episode a little bit different. I'm doing something different in this episode, and I'll get into that in a wee minute. So if you're a first-time listener, I hope you enjoy this. You can go back, just go onto the website, listen to the previous episodes. You'll find that at mtb-tribe.com. You can do that, and you can download and listen to all the episodes from there, or just do it via your mobile app, whatever you may be using. That is all awesome. And to the guys that have been listening from day one or have just joined recently, thanks for being here again. Obviously, your support is always awesome and it's always great to have you listening to the show. So thanks for being here again. If you want to follow on socials, you can do that. No issues at all. Instagram and Facebook, we are at MTB Tribe. And um, if you want to get more involved, you can simply go to the website and fill in the subscription form there and you will get an email once a week just telling you the synopsis of what's happening in this week's episode. So it's great to have you here. Now, let's go on to today's show. And it is me, myself, my ownsome. It is just me today. I am just talking today. I have no guest. Few reasons behind that. So why am I doing this episode? Well, when I meet people and the podcast comes up, the one question I always get asked is, why do I do the podcast? So I want to get into that a wee bit later. But I've also been asked recently a lot about my injury, uh, my collarbone. And I'm hoping that if I go into a wee bit more depth and detail on that with you guys, it may help you if you've had an injury in the past or you unfortunately get one in the future. Um, I want to talk a wee bit about that and how it has affected me personally and physically and everything else. So I'll get into that. Um, That is really why I'm chatting about this episode. I'm also going away for four or five days. So I won't be at at home, which is Malta at the minute. I won't be there. And everything's with the injury and everything else. It's just, I'm just running out of time um, to get a guest on and do that properly. So I just thought I would do this episode by myself and uh, fill you guys in a few wee things. So, well, let's jump into it. Let's get started. So injury update. Um, as you know or may not, if you're a first-time listener, I broke my collarbone, which has been, let me think now, it'll be a month now, it'll be a month um, this Saturday. I'm recording this a wee bit early, so it may be over that time by the time this goes live, um, so it may be about five weeks actually, uh, or maybe even a wee bit longer since I broke my collarbone by the time you hear this episode. Um, but... I had the accident, and you know what, guys? It's one of those weird things. I've been out here. I've been out in the bike a few times now in Malta. Malta's very different um, to what 
your your two back home in Ireland. Um, there's a few wee things happened for because of why the the accident happened. I was rushing to get back to the group because I was fixing the saddle on the bike. Um, I was left behind a wee bit, and I still don't know the trails. Very, very different. They're not marked trails or anything like we would have at home, so you can get lost quite easily. Um, and we were out in a group of 13 that day. The guys had blasted on. Um, I was left behind. I'd got my backpack on, and I was coming down a very, very simple section of trail. It was basically flat. I was bombing on because... I didn't want to get left behind and get lost and I came to a corner which I obviously didn't know and um, I'm almost sure it's the first time I've actually been down this trail section Um, and it's very dusty and and loose around here and very stony and um, I came to the corner going a wee bit too fast. The corner was anti-camber, lost the front wheel uh, and before I know it... um, Boom, I was down. Now, the issue was I came down, I rolled over, bike flipped over, all that kind of good stuff. And um, I got up and I felt a twinge in my neck. And I thought, ah, oh, I've, I've tweaked my neck there. That's going to be a nightmare in the morning. I kept riding. And I rid for about probably another hour, maybe a wee bit longer, chatting to a couple of guys in the groups. And I did notice my shoulder getting worse and worse as it went on. And once we hit wee technical downhill sections... Um, it definitely was painful. So we stopped. The boys were going for a swim. We stopped. Um, I was chatting there to Frederico. And I I, do, I took my backpack off. And once I took my backpack off, I felt the pain instantly. Um, I couldn't lift my arm, anything like that. I asked Frederico, did my shoulders look the same? Because I could actually feel my right shoulder was just looked a bit weird or just felt a bit weird. And uh, he basically just says to me, no, you need to go to the hospital. So that was okay. I had to ride about another 30 or 40 minutes to get back to the car. Um, thankfully, Frederico and Edward took me back on more or less flat roads. So that was fine and I could manage that okay. So that's the history of the accident. And it's funny because a lot of the trails out here, they're quite tricky, they're quite technical. You're normally falling onto rock. That is one section. I will go back and look at it again. But that is one section when I go back to look at it again, I would think you will never fall there. So it's just, you know, just that wee bit of lacks of concentration, being on trails, being on a bike, you don't know. Um, and that's what can happen. So that was Grant. I got the operation about a week ago now. As I say, it'll be a wee bit longer once uh, you're listening to this. But everything went okay. It's plated, it's screwed. Everything's fine as far as I know um, at the minute. Now, the recovery time, I'm being told, can be anything between 6, 8, 10, even 12 weeks. It just really depends. And obviously, I can't do anything at the minute. I'm going to get an x-ray in about 10 days or so. Um, and we'll we'll take it from there and we'll assess from there. I think once they see the second x-ray, if everything's okay, then you can go ahead and get physio and, and start moving and, and stuff like that a wee bit more. But for now, my arm's in a sling. Um, I'm not allowed to move my shoulder at all. And I'm going and getting the dressing changed every three days. So that's where I'm at at the minute. Now, I just want to talk a wee bit about how this has affected me. Um, I'm in Malta. I'm in a, a small studio apartment it's beautiful outside. It's like 30 degrees, 32 degrees every day. Perfect riding conditions. I'm not working at the minute, obviously, because of my shoulder and of moving here. Um, 
I had certain things lined up, but that's not going to happen now because of the shoulder, but that's besides the point. But I just want to talk about it, how it's affected me mentally. And, you know, it's funny because you think to yourself, okay, well, you're not going to be able to do anything because you have a busted shoulder. You're, you're going to be in the house the majority of the day. You're going to be able to put your feet up. Okay, awesome. I'm going to get loads of pod work, podcast work done. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get that done. But you know what, guys? I'll be honest with you here, 100%. I mentally wasn't into it. I, I don't know what happened. Um, I just was not motivated mentally at all to do any work um, on the podcast or anything like that. I, You know, was I was I depressed? I, I wouldn't go as far to say I was depressed, but it was just a big blow because I'd been here a couple of months. I was getting things set up. Um, I was actually going to the gym on Monday to join the gym, get back into a routine, a training routine, get myself fit again for the bike. Um, there's an awesome skate park here. There's a few BMXers. I was chatting to a couple of them guys about getting a BMX and actually learning some more skills because it's quite close to me. So I could do that every morning um, for, you know, 40 minutes an hour learn some more skills in the BMX and stuff and, you know, move on, move those towards the mountain bike side of things. That was all happening on the Monday. I'd done my shoulder on the Sunday before that. So I was a bit bummed. And I know, you know, you're under anaesthetic and everything else. And I know a lot of people say that you can experience depression after being on anaesthetic. Um, I wouldn't go as far to say that. I don't think I was depressed, but certainly mentally I wasn't motivated. It, it put me back a wee bit. Um, I knew the recovery thing was going to take a while um, and I don't know, that, you know, that's the truth of the thing. That's the truth of the thing. It just mentally knocked me back. I still feel it a wee bit at the minute even though I'm four weeks on from the injury, a week on from the operation and even though the injury wasn't that painful and you could deal with it, you know, you, it's just a nightmare. You can't brush your teeth you can't cut food for cooking, you know, It's you can't put on t-shirts, you can't put your arm above your head, it's just, you know, it's just a nightmare, it's just so frustrating, and when you're like me, and you like to be active, and you like to be doing stuff all the time, and suddenly that stops, it's very hard, it's very hard mentally on you to do that, and I was chatting to J-Mac, J-Mac was kind enough to get in contact, because J-Mac obviously has been on the show, he broke his collarbone a number of months ago, and um, I had a chat with J-Mac, and J-Mac helped me, you know, and it's funny, you see all these social media posts, and everything like that, about things like that, and everybody's, yeah, it's awesome, no problem, we'll get on with it, we'll push it, you know, it's not like that, you know, in reality, it's not like that, you do get bummed out, you can't sleep properly, um, it's just it's just one of those things. And I know a collarbone is a very, um, it's a bone that gets broke quite a lot in sports. Even if you're walking down the street, you can trip on the curb and break your collarbone. I think out of all the adult breaks, it's, it accounts for 5%. So it happens to a lot of people a lot of the time. So it's nothing new. Um, but it still doesn't make it any easier. You know what I mean? It's still it's still a nightmare. I know I know it'll affect me on the bike. Um and I just I just want to get on the bike. You know, I just want to get out and do some physical stuff and get on the bike. And you know what, guys? I I'll tell you what. Ben was on the show last week from the Strength Factory. 
and he was chatting about injury and how doing strength training in the gym can help not only your skills and your fitness and your bike handling, but your injury, your prevention from injury. And I go to the gym or was going to the gym quite regularly, but I'm like anybody. I'll take weeks off. I'll just not, I just will feel, I can't be bothered to do that today. Fair enough, we all go through that. But you see at the minute, I am missing the gym big time. To take a positive out of the injury, I will definitely be going to the gym. Once I get the opportunity, once I can do it without re-injuring myself, obviously I'll, I'll take myself into it easily. I will definitely be getting out on the gym because I see how much that actually helps. It definitely does. There's no doubt about it. And um, I'm missing that. I'm missing the gym. I'm missing that physical activity. Um, so Ben's right. You got. You know, it's good. It's good to go to the gym. It's good to do that stuff. I think mentally and physically, it's very good for you. And I am certainly, certainly missing that side of things. Even though it's beautiful here, you don't really want to be standing in a gym. But it's only an hour a day or forty minutes a day. You know, you can do. It. You can motivate yourself to do it. And you know, it also got me feeling. What does that not feel like for professional athletes? You know, I'm a weekend warrior. I train, I try to stay fit, I try to stay healthy. And I am really feeling at the minute, well, you know, when I go out with the guys again in 10 weeks or 12 weeks or whatever it may be, they're going to be burning me in the hills. I'm not going to be that confident in corners. They're going to be toasting me up the hills. I'm not going to be able to stick with them. And that's me, a weekend warrior. Now you think what that must feel like to a professional athlete who trains 24-7. It is their life. It's what they do. And they get an injury like this, a season-ending injury. And they can't do anything for 8, 10, 12 weeks, whatever. Just think mentally how that must affect them. Because their competitors, they're training every day. Getting better and better and better. Every day, they're bettering themselves in the gym, on the bike, on the trails every day. And you're stuck at home with your feet up, not really been able to do anything. And you're, well, I don't want to say getting worse every day, but you're certainly not improving your fitness every day. And I was just thinking about that. And it must be so mentally tough for a professional athlete to go through that, you know, because it's something they've been doing all their life. It's their career. It's their lifestyle. It's it's their income. It's everything. And to get an injury like that and have to go through that is, it must be so difficult. So hats off to those professional guys that go through that and bounce back and become better than ever. And just have the motivation and the willpower to do that is astounding. So those, you know, those guys are professionals in more more than one way. It's it's definitely evident, and uh, my heart goes off to them guys. So now, don't get me wrong. I know it's a broken collarbone at the end of the day, and I know it could have been a lot worse. I could have broke my neck or even worse. And I know people out there have injuries simply by walking across the street or were born with injuries. A lot, lot worse than a broken collarbone. So I want to put that into perspective. You know, I don't think it's the end of the world or anything like that. I'm just letting you guys know how it's affecting my life at the minute. And um, I know, you know, we go mountain biking. We do these dangerous things. We put ourselves in these environments where this type of thing can happen. So I'm not complaining. I am not complaining at all. I know overall I have a pretty amazing lifestyle. 
compared to what a lot of people have to endure and go through. So just to let you know, I'm not complaining at all. I'm just updating you guys. So it's all good. It's really, really all good. So that's the injury update. Um, Things are getting better. The wound's good. It's clean. There's no infection, anything like that. So everything's cool that way. And um, it's really motivated me, to be honest. Um, It does sound a wee bit, you know, down on it. I am sounding a bit down on it, but it has motivated me in other ways. I am keen, very, very keen to get back on the bike. Um, And I do that by watching videos and reading articles and obviously doing the podcast. And it does keep me motivated seeing those images of guys on the bikes and stuff. It keeps you motivated. I'm so keen to get on the bike. I'm so keen to get back into the gym and uh, get going again. So it really has motivated me. And I think it's made me realize that it is important to be going to the gym when you can and not take those lazy times off and stuff like that. It's so important. Um, so that's just me, basically. That's just the way that has been. Um, so I think thanks, everybody, for your kind messages regarding that and getting in contact and seeing how I'm getting on and stuff. I do appreciate it. So I thought I would just fill you in, in more in-depth. And if it can help anybody with an injury, um, just know that it's it's not all roses. You know, the things you see people smiling with their injury on Instagram or something, it's really not like that. You know, it's it's not like that at three o'clock in the morning when you can't sleep because the pain's too much or you can't get comfortable. It's not like that at all. So just dig deep, folks. It's only temporary. Take the positives out of it. Let's hope it can make you a better rider at the end of the day and um, just move forward with it. And that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to take the positive side out of it. So if you want to get in contact with me about it, want to ask advice, uh, Want to even just share your story? Let me know. I, I'd be very keen to hear that. Um, and you can do that just by the contact page on the website. So let me chat to you a wee bit about the scene in Malta because I've been here now three months. I've actually only been out on the bike three times, obviously. Um, the weather here is fantastic. It's normally, this time of year, about 30, 32. can get up to 34, 36, which is too warm. So when you ride here, you effectively have to go out either early in the morning or in the evening when it cools down. So when we were going out on the Sunday mornings, we were out at half six, um, ending by about 10 o'clock. Um, and that was perfect. The heat was just starting to come up at that time, and, and it was perfect for riding. Um, but yeah, over the summer here, you can't really ride through the day. It's just too warm. Um, but come October, November, and on into the new year, it's very, very pleasant. It's very nice. You can ride all day. Temperature is absolutely perfect. The terrain here is very different from back home. I would call it more XC, to be honest. Um, a lot of pushing of the pedals, uphills, some nice wee short, technical fast downhills, um, but nothing you would be used to at home or in the UK. Nothing like the marked out trail centers or anything like that. It's very, very rocky, very technical. Um, it's basically just one big rock garden here. You could call it that if you want. Um, the trails are, are cool, but you're on single track and then you're on um, like a farm tracks and then you go onto the road for a wee bit, uh, maybe only for two or three minutes and then you're back onto another trail. And um, it's really quite cool. The scenery is quite awesome. You're out around the coast quite a lot and um, it, it's pretty full on. Now, the guys here have an awesome community. There's an awesome community of riders. Um, I go out with a group, um, which is 
kind of run by Robert and Edward, who is the owner of a local mountain bike shop here. Well, bike shop, but his mountain bike range is amazing. Um, called Wheel Wizards, and he stocks um, Orbea, he stocks Cannondale, he stocks GT, he stocks Mondragor, um, he's looking at getting Pivot, stuff like that. So he's got a really, really good range of high-end bikes. Um, so the community is really good. As I say, there was 13 out with us that Sunday, I think the week before there was 12. So there's always a good, good number of guys out around. And um, the community is really friendly, uh, really welcoming, and um, the guys just have good crack out there. You know, it's really, really good. Now, there's a few of the guys there that are really, really of a high standard. Um, younger fellas, they come... They kind of come from a BMX background and they have taken those skills that they learned in the in the skate park and the BMX park and street and stuff. They've taken those to the mountain bike and yeah, they're doing good stuff. Like um, there's XC races here, there's downhill races here. Um, when I'm saying downhill, it's, it's kind of very technical, short stuff, but jumps, gaps, road gaps, all that kind of thing are here. And the guys definitely um, are good at it for sure. Um, so that's pretty awesome. They're also building like a skills jump kind of park on their own time, using their own money um, with some bigger jumps and stuff like that. So it's really, really cool things are happening here. Um, there's another island just off Malta called Gozo. And um, I haven't actually read there. I've been there once, but I haven't read the bike around there. And um, it's a lot more hilly. And the guys are saying that there's a trail around there which takes all day to do, but it's absolutely amazing. A wee bit more technical, steeper, and um, more kind of enduro-ish, if you, if you want to call it that. So um, that's pretty cool, and I look forward to doing that pretty soon. So, uh, yeah, it's good to hear. It's good to hear, guys. Very different from back home, but um, this this stuff is good. This stuff is good. So now let me get on to why I started the podcast Um it's what I get asked the most when I meet people and we the podcast comes up. Um, and a lot of people actually will email me and stuff like that, uh, you know, asking why I started the podcast, what made me want to do that. It's kind of a long story, but I'll try and take it, give you the short, the short version. Um, about a year ago, a year and a half ago, we had a fair idea that we were moving to Malta. So my fiance Katrina, she's an archaeologist. She's been working over in Malta on and off for years, for about six or seven years. She finally landed a really good post over here with the University of Malta for two years. So she's so, so passionate about archaeology and it was just the thing to do. So I was quite prepared to leave my employment at home, come out here, um, and support her here in Mulla, um, doing what she loves, following her passion. And, um, you know, she's getting well paid and it's uh, just a brilliant, brilliant opportunity for her career. So it, it was a no-brainer for me. Um, so it was it was the thing to do. So I had a wee bit of time to plan for it. Um, so what I decided was I was going to take a sabbatical out of work. I was going to leave work for about a year because um, I was going to leave employment there anyway and just get something part-time or something basic out here in Malta for the two years. I wasn't going to be going crazy and trying to launch another career or something out here. So I wanted to just take a year out and do a sabbatical time at thing, but I've always loved the idea of having a job that you could do 
or a passion that you could do mobily, you know, so you could take it anywhere in the world. So you could do it, you know, on the beach or you could do it in the back of a van or you could do it from anywhere in the world, basically. And I wanted it to be something that I enjoyed. I wanted it to be something that I was passionate about, just not something to pay bills or whatever like that. And as I said, I was going to take a sabbatical for a year, so I didn't need to be making any money out of it. That was my kind of plan. So at that time, I was listening to a lot of podcasts, mainly around business and stuff like that. I have a background in business, and it was mainly around the business industry and stuff. And I thought, well, you know, I absolutely love mountain biking. Why couldn't I do something like that in mountain biking? So I started to listen to a few mountain bike podcasts, and though they're quite similar to what I do, they're very different in a way. There was nothing local, there was nothing based locally in Ireland, there was nothing that really interviewed kind of everyday mountain bikers, if you know what I mean. It was all the Arne Gwens, all the high-end names, um, but nothing on a more local kind of scene, um, somebody that you could relate to a wee bit, you know, just somebody like yourself. So I thought, that's the way I'll go, I'll, I'll do that, and um, I'll I'll interview people you know, within the scene, within the community, that kind of thing. So um, I went outside my comfort zone. This is not something I've never done before. I hate the sound of my own voice. I still do. So don't ask me why I'm doing this. But I went outside my comfort zone and decided to start the podcast. So I done a wee bit of research into what that required, blah, blah, blah. That took about two or three months to get that sorted and get that set up. Um, and I bought some equipment and got stuck in and started it. That's basically how I went about it. Um, and, you know, to me, the reasons for doing it was, well, it would get me more involved in the mountain biking community. So at that stage, I'd only been mountain biking for about three years, and I wanted to just get more involved in the community, uh, just talk to more mountain bikers because, it's such a cool community. It really, really is within any kind of sport industry. I think it's quite unique in a way. Um, everybody's so friendly, etc. So I wanted to do that and I wanted to talk to more people about brands and kind of get the, the business side of it as well because that's my background. So it's completely a hobby um, and that's the way I, I was taking it for a year. It's going to be a hobby and we'll see where it leads. So I wasn't expecting to get any money from it or anything like that. Um, so that was kind of my my basic kind of validation of the podcast. And I was going to give it a year, as they say, and see where it went. If it wasn't doing much or there was no interest, I would just simply stop it. Um, but it's been good. It's been really good. And I'm really, really pleased with, with the interest it's had. So the one thing... I think when you start something like this or when you're researching into doing something like this, which is outside your comfort zone, you've never done it before, you've no expertise in it, is nobody really tells you how time um, consuming something like this actually can be. So just to give you a perspective on that, I would say for every guest that comes on the show it probably takes me between 10 and 12 emails before they get on the show. So that's 
back and forth emails between me and them, just organising stuff, questions if they want them, etc, etc, all that kind of thing. Each episode, by the time you listen to an episode, it probably takes between 12 and 14 hours to get that episode on the website, on the Stitcher, on iTunes, on Spotify, whatever. It takes about between 10 and 14 hours, I would say, roughly. That's including emails, researching the guests. And I only research the guests maybe about 60, 65, 70% because you obviously need to know their background. You need to know what they've achieved, what they're into, their likes, what they're doing at the minute. You, you need to know that to have a structure for the interview. But I also don't want to know 100% of everything because there's no surprises then. I like surprises and as a listener, I'm sure you like hearing surprises and stuff that you never knew about. So I go about 60 or 70% into that. You then got to make up structures of questions and you got to record it, obviously, record the episode. And you download it and upload it, images, etc., etc. So it takes about 12 or 14 hours and uh, before it's on the website. Now, I just want to give a massive shout out to Ryan, who's one of my best mates back at home. He does all the website design. He's the guy involved in that. I just have not a clue about that. Um, I can update it and do stuff like that, but Ryan built the website, so without Ryan, the podcast simply wouldn't wouldn't happen because I wouldn't have had the money to kind of do something myself. Um, so um, big ups to Ryan. Thank you, sir, so much for doing that. Um, so if you look at the if you look at the time, it normally it roughly takes about two hours every evening. So what you got to ask yourself is, well, I'm not making money from this. It's taking two hours an evening. If I actually rode my bike for two hours every evening, how much better of a rider would I be? And I would say quite a lot better. So you got to look at stuff like that. But I don't make money from it, so why do I do it? You know, and that's what people ask. Do you make a living from it? Is that what you do full time? Why do you do it? Well, cost-wise, I would say to put the podcast out, it costs about £500 a year, I would say. And that's just in stuff like media host, website host, online security, etc., etc. It's about £500 per year. So why do I do it? Well, you know, the, the funny thing is I really enjoy it. And it gets me chatting to people within the community that I never, ever would have before. So the likes of your... Glenn O'Brien's, everybody like that, you know, it, you know, Keenan Grant. I would never have got to chat to them guys if I hadn't have done the podcast. And it's so exciting to chat to those fellas and get an insight to how they have got on a mountain biking and what it does for them. So that's the main reason I, I done it. But the interesting thing was, about three or four months ago, I asked myself, why do I really do this podcast? Why do people listen to it? What do listeners want from the podcast? So I sent out an email to the subscribers and asked them three or four simple questions. Why did they mountain bike? What was their favorite thing about mountain biking? What did they hate about mountain biking? What did they struggle the most with mountain biking? The interesting thing was 70% of people came back with the reason they mountain biked was to get into nature. That was it, simple. About 70% of people said to get into nature. 
Now that may be a social thing involved in that with getting out with mates. But the underlying thing is people just want to get out in nature. They want to get away from their desks. They want to switch off from the work week. They want to get away from social media. They just want to escape. And the best way to do that is in the forest, on a bike, with a couple of friends, or even by yourself. They're both they're both amazing. And it helps the brain switch off. It helps you just realize how great things are. Gets you in the fresh air. Gives you a great sense of actually being an individual, I think, anyway. And, you know, the funny thing is you go mountain biking and I don't think you ever leave the car park saying to yourself, I really didn't enjoy that. That was terrible. Now, of course, you have days where it's tougher than others. You've maybe pushed yourself a bit harder. You have maybe haven't ate as well the week before, so you're not just feeling as fit and agile. You've obviously days like that where you think, oh, that was tough, that was tough. But you still enjoy it and you still leave the car park with a sense of achievement. And I think that's what people get from it. So on thinking of that, I decided about three or four months ago, well, let's look at the podcast from another perspective. Let's do it to help keep people stoked on the trails. Let's help people get out on the trails for maybe that one day a weekend, that two or three hours every Sunday, whatever it is, to get out there, to enjoy themselves, to have a bit of social time with their friends or time by themselves if that's what you need. And just to keep stoked, keep on the bike, get off the sofa, get away from the phone, get away from the computer. And instead of lying, you know, in the living room with your feet up, wasting your time on social media when you could be out for a couple of hours in the fresh air with a couple of mates riding around some cool trails. I think it's so, so good. And that's one thing that inspires me and keeps me going on the podcast, to be honest, is that, yes, I do spend a lot of time on it. Yes, it costs me money. But I do get people emailing me saying, that that made me so stoked. That episode was really good. I actually went and got my mountain bike out of the garage and I've arranged to go on a ride midweek with a couple of friends. And that kind of thing is just so inspiring to me. And it just makes me feel that people are listening to the podcast. It's inspiring them. It's getting them out there. And hopefully the podcast gets you to learn a wee bit more as well about the biking industry. And I totally am trying to do that as well. So, you know, if it inspires you to get out and helps people get out, get some fitter, get some healthier, mentally, mentally stronger... I think that's a good enough reason to do the podcast. I definitely do. And that's what really drives me at the minute with the podcast. Now, a lot of people say to me, have you thought of sponsorship and affiliate marketing and stuff like that? Well, yes and no. Of course, I've thought about it because it's taken up a lot of my time. It's cost me money. Um, And there is a couple of affiliate marketing products on there. Um, If you've listen to the podcast you maybe have heard a couple of episodes one about they're both from a guy called bike james james wilson who's a trainer and he also has his own pedaling company and and james sent me a set of his flat pedals 
um, Pedaling Innovations as the company, and I loved the pedals. They were so, so good. Uh, I'm a flat pedals guy, so they, they were just great. And I've got those on there on the resources page, along with one of his training online training programs which i also do it's very mountain bike pacific um so those are affiliate links and and what that basically means is if you listen to the episode or whatever and feel oh well those pedals sound really good i think i would like to to give a set of those a try you go through my link on the resources page it takes you to james's website and you purchase a set of the pedals i get a small commission from that now it's at no extra cost to you um, James just pays me a small commission for basically funneling the sale through to him. And it's the same with the training course. If you were to purchase the the MTB training course, I would get a small commission. And normally between 5 and 15%, just depends. It varies from person to person. But that's the only two affiliate links I have on there. And I have those on there because I believe in the product. Um, I really do believe if you're into flat pedals, I really do believe that the pedal and innovation pedal is awesome it's really so different from anything out there in the market and i've been doing his training regime regime for quite a while now and yeah it's good it really helps me on the bike there's no doubt about it so i have those on there um there's other ways obviously to do um marketing and sponsorship and advertising and stuff like that but i don't think i will ever go down the advertising route of having the website plastered by adverts it's just not what the podcast's about and half the adverts that would be on there would not be relevant to you as a mountain biker anyway and i think if i do go down the road of marketing products or advertising certain products or having more kind of affiliate marketing brands and products there it will definitely be products that one uh, is really relevant to the mountain biking industry two that i have tried and tested and i can say yes that is really good it's going to benefit you a b and c and you, you know you need to have a look at this if you're thinking of say a new backpack or a new helmet or something take a look at these because i found them very good and it helps this way and this way so i think that's so important i i would never sell or use sponsorship on the website from home insurance or something like that you know it's just not relevant to you guys listening and you as a mountain biker you don't want to hear me rambling on about home insurance and how you need to get get this home insurance and yes i have been contacted by a few a few people wanting to do stuff like that, but it's not going to happen. It's not what the podcast's about. Um, but in saying that, if, you know, Rocky Mountain or some of those guys came and said to me, do you want to run an advert on your podcast, chat about the brand for a wee bit? You know, I would definitely say, yeah, there's a good possibility I'll do that because I've been on the Rocky Mountain bikes and I love them. So, you know, it's not, I'm not saying I will never do it. It's maybe one way for the podcast to at least pay for itself. Um, but it has to be the right product. It has to be beneficial, has to be good, and has to be mountain bike specific. So um, you may see that in the near future, but we'll see how it goes. And a lot of people have asked me about ambassadorship and stuff like that, and I haven't approached anybody. I haven't done that, you know, and free stuff doesn't pay bills, unfortunately. But in saying that, you know, if somebody came to me and offered me a bike to try for a year, 
um, and promote it a wee bit on the podcast and stuff. I, I may do that. I certainly may do that. It would mean I wouldn't have to purchase a new bike um, and stuff like that. So that's also a possibility, but nothing planned in the near future. Um, I'll maybe make some. I'll maybe make some decisions on that kind of thing when the year is up. We've still got. Um, we've still got a few weeks. The the podcast originally published uh, the last weekend, the last Thursday in September, twenty uh, eighth, I think it was. So come that time this year, I may may think about stuff like that. So will I do the podcast into the near future? Yes, definitely. Um, I enjoy doing it. I love chatting to guys. I love, you know, I've had people on the podcast from obviously back home in Ireland. I've had people on from the UK. I've had people on from the States. I've had people on from Canada, from Kenya and Uganda and South Africa. So, you know, it's pretty awesome to reach out and get that network of people. It really, really is cool. Um, So, yes, I will certainly keep doing the podcast and i hope you're happy about that as well (laughs) um people have asked me after a year if you're not making money from it are you going to stop it and the simple answer is no i won't be um if i never make money from it it's fine i i you know god willing i'll i'll still be doing it and i'll still get the guests on the show and um, I'll still be motivated enough to do it. But if it ever comes a time when it's more of a chore or feels more like work, then I'll have to reevaluate that. But just the network it gives you and the smiles it gives you from people and the you know the social interaction you get from people and, and stuff like that, it makes it worthwhile. So that is why I do the podcast. That's a long, long answer to that question. But that's how the podcast started and that's why I do the podcast. So I hope it's getting you guys stoked and I hope it's getting you guys out on the trails. And if there is anybody who wants to send me a bike, send me some gear, yes, of course, get in contact <laughs> and we will have a chat. That's for sure. Um, but folks, listen, I'm not going to blabber on anymore. That's basically the episode for this week. A wee bit different, as I say, but... Um, I just wanted to get this out here rather than, you know, answering a lot of questions all the time from people that I meet and stuff. So hopefully this will help some people realize why the podcast is here. And if you have any questions about this episode or the podcast, you can also just send them to me. I will get back to you. There's a contact form on the website, mtb-tribe.com. And you will find everything you need to know there. So folks, thanks for being here this week. I really appreciate it. I am off now to hopefully dip my feet in a pool because I can't swim or I can't get my wound wet, the dressing wet, so I can sit at the side of the pool and just dip my feet in it. That's good enough for me. That works for me. It's all good. And Katrina can go and do her archaeology thing and I will do that. So thanks so much for being here again, folks. I really do appreciate you listening in and letting me chat away in your earballs. And um, if there's anything you want on the podcast in the near future, any guests you want to hear from, any issues you want to chat about on the podcast, please just drop me a line and I will do my best to sort that out for you. So thanks very much, folks. Have a great weekend and I hope you get pushing those pedals. Enjoy yourself, but always take care. Chat to you later. Bye.